Hey guys, you're joining me, Kathy, here for the Geek Girl Meetup UK podcast. It's been a while, but we are back for 2017. And I'm here with my first guest of the year, Tracy Jessup, the Deputy Director of Parliamentary Digital Service. Um, Tracy and I met last year and had a really, really good chat. And I was very, very desperate to get her on the podcast and thought she'd be a really, really good source of inspiration for the year ahead. So Tracy, welcome to the Geek Girl Meets podcast. Thank you very much, Kathy. So we're going to kick off, and I did warn you about my first question, uh, which is always a, a very telling one. It does say a lot about a person, I think, in terms of what they thought they were going to do when they got there. But what did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be an actress and singer. Oh, okay. Now I wonder how we got here. So why did you want to be an actress and singer? I think because I really enjoyed both of those things. I enjoyed drama at school, I enjoyed singing, I enjoyed being in choirs, um, I did a little bit of professional singing when I was a child and liked it and I think I probably thought this would be, it'd be really great to do something that I enjoy as a career. Okay, so talk me through journey because we've gone from wanting to be actress and singer to now working within government, within parliament. How did we get here? Quite a change. It sounds like a stretch, doesn't it? A little bit. I'm, I'm intrigued now. What's the path? But maybe, maybe it's not. I mean, if anyone had said to me when I was a child that I would work at the UK Parliament, I wouldn't have believed them. I wouldn't have probably even known what that meant, actually, unless you meant being an MP. Yeah. I might have known about that. And, you know, I suspect there are colleagues who work here who've always wanted to do that but I imagine they're quite slim there's not very many of them yeah um so what happened how did I go from being an 11 year old who thought being an actress would be a great thing and winning an Oscar would be a really great thing to working in digital in the UK parliament I think partly it was because as I got older and I did do some professional work I realized how hard it was and how many knockbacks there were and how dedicated you had to be to that. And there were other things that I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to go out with my friends. I wanted to uh, work hard at things, maybe at school. I wanted to have a Saturday job and have some money. Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps I realised that the thing that I thought could be a career actually was a really great hobby. <laughs> well, yeah, for a lot of people it still is. Do you sing or do any amateur dramatics or anything now? Throughout my life, I've done different things at different times. You know, at university, there there's a choir here at Parliament. And at one point, a few years, I was a member of that. I'm not at the moment. So, yeah, I've done different things at different times in my personal life. At the moment, I'm quite busy doing lots of other things and learning lots of new things, actually, around digital. And so I don't have as much time for some of that stuff. But I'm sure I'll come back to it because I think it is, it's a lifelong interest, isn't it? Yeah. Drama and music and things like that. And so how did I get to Parliament? Well, I left school and I went to St Andrews University and I did English language and literature there as my degree. Um, and in common with a lot of people, when I was getting to my last year of university, I was trying to work out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I applied for a number of roles in marketing, in advertising um, and the civil service. I applied to the civil service fast stream, its graduate program. And as I got through the different stages of that program, as luck would have it, I had ticked parliament as something I was interested in. Now, parliament isn't part of the government. 
parliamentary officials have terms and conditions that are the same as civil servants, but we're not civil servants. Yeah. And as you get through the government's programme of recruiting graduates, they invest more in telling you about the options you've said you were interested in. So I got to come here to the UK Parliament and meet people and hear about what it might be to be a graduate on their graduate programme of the House of Commons or the House of Lords. And it was just really interesting. Everybody who I met, whether they'd worked in Parliament for three years or 30 years, really enjoyed being here, really enjoyed the environment, were excited about their job. And I just thought, hmm, I quite like that. That would be really great. So I decided Parliament was my first choice. I was successful in passing the board for the graduate programme and they offered me a job and I took it. That was 16 and a half years ago and I'm still here now, although I'm doing something very different from what I did when I first joined. So let's go back to the, the first role. What was the first official role here? The first role that I ever did was I was second clerk of the Home Affairs Committee of the House of Commons. So back in my day of the graduate programme, when you joined it, you were a clerk. So a clerk is someone who helps members with the rules of the house, looks after the select committees, looks after the running of the chamber, those types of things. And working in a select committee is a really common first job. So that meant that I worked with a group of 12 MPs from all parties, supporting them in inquiries that they were doing that were to do with the Home Office. So in the year I worked there, we did an inquiry into um, a particular prison. Um, we did an inquiry into border controls. And the inquiry that I led was into a new thing that now is a very established thing called the Criminal Records Bureau and how that was going to work. That was a, something that was coming along in the year 2000. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about the, the kind of the internal path that you've had. So you've stayed within the same organisation, basically, but you've switched around, right? So how did we go from clerk to digital service? Yeah, that's been an interesting change. And again, not one that everybody would think you would make. Um, I think two things happened, really. One, I became very involved about five, six years ago with working with the then IT department before the digital service existed on thinking about how procedure, so how the workings of the house and supporting members in that, in the chamber and in the, their committees, how that would be impacted by the world of digital. So I worked really closely with colleagues in the IT department on a programme that turned a whole load of paper processes that were going on to support that into the digital processes. Mm -hmm. That gave me a real interest, I think, in that area of work. It opened my eyes to the fact that you could really, actually really improve things and make them much more effective through using digital tools. And an opportunity came up to join the IT department um, doing a maternity cover in one of their senior management team roles. Um, and I applied for it and I got it. Okay. And now moving on from there, so did maternity cover and then how has that evolved since then? About a week after I accepted the role, it was announced that there would be a merger of the IT department with what was called the Web and Internet Service. They were part of the House of Commons Library and they looked after Parliament's website. So everything was changing. The IT department I thought I was joining was going to become a digital department. That decision had been made. It was as a result of a uh, review done by my society for Parliament about 
how in the modern world the UK Parliament could best engage with citizens and make use of digital tools. So it was actually a very exciting time. We were working out how are we going to change a very traditional, quite large in-sourced IT function and a quite small web and internet function into one department that really made the most of the world of digital. Having been really involved with the team that helped deliver making us one department, the Parliamentary Digital Service, I was really invested in and excited about where this department could go. Rob Gregg joined us as the new head of the department. He was CTO at the Royal Opera House. He had a really strong vision for how we could make the UK Parliament a world-leading digital parliament. And he was a really exciting person to work for and work with. And I decided to move permanently into the digital service. I applied for the job of his deputy. And when I got it, I agreed that it would be a permanent move and that this would be my permanent role. Doesn't mean I can't do other things in the future. I'm sure I will. But it is a permanent and very um, open change that I was saying to the whole department, I'm committed to being part of the vision of delivering Parliament's digital strategy. And that's my job now. Yeah. So how long have you been working on the delivery of Parliament's digital strategy now? The department's existed about 20 months. Okay. I've been doing my current role for about a year and a half. Okay. And how's it going? Open question, but you know, you're, Very you're 18 question. months into quite a big task, a big project, right? So, you know, how how's it working? And obviously, you know, it's... I guess to a degree in the fact that you are delivering a project, you know, you could you could link it back to the startup world, right? It's like creating any new product, any new service. It's digital, it's got to be tested, you've got to learn, you've got to iterate, you've got to do all of these things. So how is how is that progressing? And you know, is it I'm guessing it's obviously very challenging. You and um, you enjoy what you do, but you know, how's it going so far, basically? I think it's going really well. I think if you look at the things that the UK Parliament is doing in the world of digital, it's really exciting. We're doing exciting things for our internal customers and for our external customers, for the citizen. We're trying different things. We've done the first ever incubation project. It was a really early thing that we did together with Flux Studios to kickstart the website because we're building a new website for Parliament. That was a very different way to approach building that website. Mm -hmm. The current website that we have was a procured-in system. It has an awful lot around it that means that it can't be made um, good for tablets or mobile devices because the whole system was bought before anyone thought about that. And it's very inflexible. It's yeah. not with the modern way. With the new website, we've taken a totally different iterative approach, an approach that encompasses not only people throughout Parliament, members, their staff, staff of both houses, but people out there we've done a lot of talking to people throughout the UK about what they want out of a website we're build we're, for the first time we've got a user lab where we're going to actually test things out with people it's just a whole different way of engaging with people about using parliamentary information in a way that works for them it is really really interesting well I mean you've been doing this for 18 months now so how big is the team that's working on this working on the website or working in digital just generally let's talk digital generally and then website specific so we've got a what you might call a, a core team of around 250 people who are doing everything from the most traditional it deployment 
So we support members' constituency offices throughout the UK, 650 offices for IT delivery. We provision IT to all of the customer groups in Parliament. We run a service desk. We run a 24-7 operation. So they're doing everything from that to the most cutting-edge things that, that we have here, like that user research work, the things where we're really experimenting and changing. We've built a content team that's going to work on setting standards for content and accessibility, those type of things. And then we also have a cadre of colleagues who are working on projects and programmes that Parliament is doing, because a big part of the digital transformation is the foundational pieces. We need to get the data right. At the moment, we have a problem that there are lots of systems, lots of legacy systems in Parliament that weren't built with data sharing in mind. So we're working on that. We're building new systems for the House of Commons and House of Lords to deal with that. Are you hiring? We are definitely hiring. <laughs> You're talking through the amount of stuff that you guys do, and that's a huge amount of work. So my assumption is you are hiring. I have spent quite a bit of the last year interviewing and we've had open days where we've talked about what we're doing trying to get people in, encourage people to understand who the parliamentary digital service is and what we do and yeah absolutely we are still hiring have a look at the parliament.uk jobs area and you will see job roles i did have a bit of a look before i came to do this podcast and there are lots of content team roles at the moment we're really building up our content team so they're exciting opportunities from entry level to quite high level content people Okay, that's good to know. What would you say the, you know, if you had to narrow it down to one thing, what's the one thing that you love about what you do? One thing is really hard. Well, that's what you, I mean, you can gush if you want to, you can share <laughs> as much as you want, but, you know, if there was one real highlight for you in, in the role that you do. I think it's the people. There are great colleagues here and it's a really great part of working in Parliament is the colleagues and many of whom become good friends. It's a really supportive environment to work in and people nearly always want to help you with your priorities and making things better, to be honest. Working for Parliament can be a really fulfilling thing to do just in terms of you know that you are working to support democracy. That, that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. And you can see the impact that you are making every day in terms of people's interactions we're tracking now we became the first parliament to have a million twitter followers and we're really proud of that we're looking at people's dwell time on our current website we're looking at getting better metrics we're really seeing the impact that changing some of the ways that parliament presents itself is having on people's understanding of what parliament is there to do what members of parliament are there to do their scrutiny role for the government and what we're there to do as people who work here no, that's good. If we kind of step back, um, you've been here for 16 and a half years, which is very good innings. I normally average two and a half years and then I get bored <laughs> and then I start my own thing because that's just what I have to do. But what in that time would you say is some of the, the key lessons that you've learned in terms of your career development and then, you know, taking the step or, or changing direction as well that you would suggest to anyone who's thinking about making a change in their career? I will just say, I've been here 16 and a half years, but I've done eight job roles in that time. So I have had a lot of, of change and opportunity. And I totally get what you're saying, Cathy. If I had been here all that time doing exactly the same job, I think I would have gone slightly mad. Yeah. So I'm pleased that that's not the case. <laughs> uh, 
I think my advice, and I do quite a bit of careers coaching here actually, because I am one of Parliament's careers coaches, mm. uh, and so I spend quite a bit of time talking to people from my department and other departments who want a bit of help with thinking about their careers. And often my advice to them is to just think laterally. You don't have to always do the same thing or work in exactly the same area. You might be a specialist and that's really what you want to do. Um, you might want to be a qualified accountant. You know, We have qualified accountants here and people that are, are training to become qualified accountants. But even with that, there are many different areas across Parliament that you could work to try to deliver that. And I also encourage people to think more widely, which comes a bit rich from someone who's been here since they were a graduate, that managing your career actually really means just that. If you sit and wait for somebody else to offer you an opportunity, you're probably going to have a long wait. Yeah. So you need to be alive to what the opportunities are. And for me, making a move from what might have been seen as a more traditional environment in Parliament into a new and younger department has given me huge opportunities. It had risks with it in case it didn't work out or I didn't like it, but the opportunities outweighed those risks. No, that's good advice. Who's been an inspiration for you, do you think, in your in your career or growing up? I always find it interesting to see you know, who role models have been for you. Yeah, that's a tough question. Who do I think is a role model for me? I'll answer that question a bit differently to start off with, and then maybe okay. I'll come on to role models. Um, I think quite an influential book for me was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Successful People. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've read that. But I haven't, but I, I, you're not the first person to recommend that as a book. I think, you know, a lot of the time you, you mention management books or self-help books and people roll their eyes and there's probably a lot to that. That book actually really is just about a sensible fundamental system for living your life and how you should treat others and how you should approach things at work and you can take it elsewhere as well um, and like all the best self-help things it points things out to you that actually once you've thought about it you realize that it's sort of obvious but before you weren't thinking of it and I, I think that is a, a really good lesson actually to just take a bit of time in being measured and mindful of the impact you have on other people mm -hmm. Very good advice. And then in terms of career role models, I, I find that a difficult one to answer because in a way, I sort of feel that I haven't planned my career. I didn't sit there 16 years ago, even 10 years ago, plotting out that this was where I was going to end up now. What I've always wanted to do is make a positive difference, do job roles where I felt I could improve things or make things more effective, where I could see what the outcomes might be and take those opportunities and really enjoy the role I'm in and not worry too much about where that might be leading to. Yeah. No, it's good. I just, I always find it fascinating to, to see where people have been influenced or inspired. And, and it's, it's just, it's interesting because there's some people that are just so snappy to say this person, I love this person. <laughs> this person was such an amazing influence on me. And then others literally just like yourself, they're kind of like, I've not really, no, they, there's not been a standout person or, or any, I just think it's such a, an interesting thing when you ask people. One of the best answers that I ever had was one, one of my first podcasts, um, Sarah Drinkwater, who heads up Google campus here in London. One of her influences was Elizabeth the first. I was right. like, well, yeah, she led a country. <laughs> she was 
you know, the first woman to do it effectively, I guess. I mean, she's better than her sister. It's just, I think it's just quite a, an interesting question to throw at people. Certainly, I think someone here at Parliament that I would have said was influential on me and certainly their approach to their career influenced me is uh, a former clerk of the House. And the clerk of the House is the chief executive of the House of Commons, so the number one official and advisor to the Speaker. Um, and there was a clerk of the House called Sir Malcolm Jack, who I worked very closely for. I was his private secretary. And he was somebody who, he had really enjoyed his career. He worked in Parliament 40 years before he got appointed to that role. He always enjoyed everything that he did. He kept a really good balance between having fun and being very professional. Uh, but he was very professional and hugely a, a top achiever. He wouldn't have got the role that he got without that. But he always kept in mind the people who worked for him, noticing the things that they did thanking them mm. he used to write you little notes if he thought you'd done something great and leave them for you to find on your desk and he was a great role model actually of somebody who had found a really authentic way to show you that he understood the work that you did to make him look good yeah that's really nice I like that I'm gonna make a mental note when I when I have employees leave notes leave notes thanking them for the work that they do they'll yeah. appreciate it do you know what often we're all focused on either the next delivery or perhaps something that didn't go so well, how do I learn from that? That's obviously really important, but it is also important to remind people what's gone well, what they've done well, what we should be really building on, and he had got that absolutely right. Okay, that's good. I like that one. Good answer. You get brownie points if you send them this podcast as well. <laughs> look, 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 look what impact you had on me. Um, so let's step aside from kind of career and, and sources of inspiration. Um you know, you're working in digital, you're touching on technology. Are there any particular areas of tech, and, and you can read into that as you will, whether it's a sector or a form of technology, but is there anything that's really exciting you at the moment? At the moment, Cathy, I am Senior Responsible Officer, which is a public sector term, for our Unified Communications Programme. So for changing the way Parliament communicates effectively, taking away the copper telephones and replacing them with Skype for business. I am really excited about that at the moment. It's going, I'm certain it is going to revolutionise the way Parliament operates in terms of things like introducing the ability to video conference, to paper share while you're video conferencing, mm -hmm. the ability to seamlessly receive a call wherever you are, those type of things get me really excited. I think it is the biggest change challenge that Parliament will have ever faced, actually, because even our oldest customer, and we've got some pretty old ones, will have used a telephone in the same way for their entire life. Yeah. And this programme is all about saying, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do something really exciting. We're going to bring Skype to your business life. And we're going to help you to work out how to be much more effective with it. I think that's super exciting. I think it's a great technology. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, on a scale like that, that will be an incredible change. Hugely. And I can absolutely see how it will help so many situations. So if I'm an MP and I want to have a meeting with my whole office in Westminster and my constituency, you know, all my team, I'll be able to video conference with them. They'll all be able to see each other for the first time. If I'm a member of staff and I need to be away from my desk and my phone is ringing at the moment, it just goes unanswered or maybe someone else answers it, I'll be able to put it onto my mobile. I'll be able to pick it up with my iPad. There's so many things that you can do with that technology. 
Yeah. Okay. That's very exciting. What's a 2017 got in store for you then? If you're working on something like that, is that something that will be deployed in this year or? It certainly will be deployed in this year. That is absolutely the plan. We're actually in the middle of user research discovery work at the moment that will inform the technologies that we offer, the type of ways that we offer people to interact with Skype for Business. Um, and we will be, we'll be beginning deploying in, this, in the second half of this year. That's very, very cool. And what else? Anything else in the pipeline? Well, watch out for Parliament's new website. Okay. Uh, we are working on that and there's a big team working on that and that's been based on a lot of user research as I've said. It's going to be an agile development so we will be launching a first phase of the website in 2017. That's not going to do everything that the current parliament.uk does and nor is the current parliament.uk going to go away. That will still be there as a resource but we're going to be launching an alpha, starting off, seeing how we're doing, taking feedback, building on it. So 2017 is looking a bit like a very big year for you. It's a huge year. Yeah. We've got Parliament's digital strategy. That's set. It's publicly available. It sets out the aspirations of where Parliament's going and what that will feel like for different people. It's a five-year piece of work, really, to deliver that. Mm -hmm. We spent last year doing some real foundational pieces, focusing on ensuring that we have really great customer service, that we have secure technology that works, this year, you're right, is going to be a really exciting year where we see coming to fruition some of the things the team have been working so hard on. And that's just the beginning of an exciting digital journey, really, for Parliament. No, it's very, very cool. So if you're listening and you want to join them on their journey, as, as Tracy said earlier, you are hiring for a lot of roles. So if you can just uh, tell people where to go again, so if they're listening right now and they're interested in finding out more. So we are definitely hiring. You can go to the parliament.uk website and click on jobs and you'll find jobs from us there. You can also look up our blog, which is also on there, where we're talking publicly about a lot of the things that we're doing and a lot of the teams that work with us are looking for inspiration and help and there'll be ways that you can engage with them. And can people get in touch with you personally? Are you on any of the social media? If so, what is your handle? Where are you contactable? <laughs> Absolutely. You can find me at Tracy Jessup on Twitter. And you can find me in LinkedIn as well. I, I think I might be the only Tracy Jessup on LinkedIn. It's quite an unusual name. But, uh, it, but, but if I'm not, I'm the only one that works for Parliament. I'm really common. <laughs> if you Google me, I had an affair with Jay-Z and I'm dead. Oh dear. Mm. It is Jessup with a U though. Yeah, because of the Jessup camera people, I have to tell you that it is not spelt with an O. <laughs> it's spelt with a U. So go. yeah, look me up, get in touch. Brilliant. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me for Geek Girl Meets. You are really welcome, Kathy. It's my, been a pleasure. You're my first podcast of the year. It's a very special moment. Girls and guys, Geek Girl is back. We've got many, 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 many awesome events planned for this year. And the first one that you can get tickets for if you are quick is going to take place at Stripes offices on February the 7th. And I'm delighted to say that it's actually going to be a live Geek Girl meet. So I'm going to be interviewing the awesome Eileen Burbage, who, aside from being a partner at Passion Capital and being fintech envoy for HM Treasury, is also the chairperson for Tech City UK. She 
she is a woman of many, many talents and many, many titles. So do come along, sign up, tickets are free, it will be in the evening and there'll be some lovely food and drinks all thanks to our lovely friends at Stripe. If you want to find out more, head to Twitter, we're at GGM UK, we're Geek Girl Meetup UK on Facebook and if you head to our website, geekgirlmeetup.co.uk, you can sign up for our newsletter as well. Until next time, Tracy, thank you very much for the interview. It's been lovely to chat to you. And I'll speak to you all soon. <laughs>